you're listening to the You Can't Fix What You Can't See podcast, hosted by author and consultant Karen Cornwell. Here we share real success stories from companies striving to become more gender savvy to drive innovation, growth, and engagement for all. Okay, good morning. And this morning we have Namrata Vora. She is from Sage Glass, a St. Gobain company. She is the vice president of sales for North America, India, the Asia Pacific, and the field operations. And I have to confess that I actually know Namrata from her previous life. Namrata, you've been at Sage for like a year and a half or so, but this is not your first rodeo. I think you spent several years in semiconductor equipment, and then several years in glass before you went over to uh, Sage Glass. You were also amazingly with the San Jose Building Commission and also served as a commission on the status for women. So you have really been into this and around for a long time. So I'm dying to hear what you have to say. Thank you. Uh, I am excited to be on this podcast I've heard some of the podcasts you've had, and it's great. It's great to not only share my story, but share a short story from my company and uh, help uh, share the experience so, you know, we can all learn from each other. Excellent. So you're pretty new to Sage. Can you tell me how they lured you over? Um, yeah, that's, lure is exactly a very good question, very way, well, a good way to put it. Um, so, uh, for my first, uh, nine, 10 years of my uh, career in glass, they were my competitor. They were my biggest competitors. So if, if you had asked me at that point, would I join Sage? I was like, I would have said, heck no, I never, ever saw that. Um, I left my previous company. Um, I would say and a year after I left, uh, I was approached by them, um, and even at first, I was very hesitant, uh, but I've learned uh, from my experience, never say never, right? So I was uh, open-minded to hear them out. I had read uh, reviews about Sage on Glassdoor. And when I used to read the reviews, I was like, oh, no, company good. There's just, you know, they're fabricating it or, you know, something to that effect. Uh, but uh, you know, I was approached, um, and the, my first um, memory basically is of Chuck, our VP of HR in legal. Uh, you know, I was told that I'm going to have a screen uh, interview with him. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was going to be on a phone call. Um, I said, okay, great. No, but what Chuck did he, was he actually flew down to San Francisco, and we met outside the airport for two hours and he flew back just that effort blew me away you know it's just like oh wow you know these uh i was very impressed by that um and then when i actually interviewed and met all the people i finally saw what the reviews uh, of glaster were saying you know they really do put people first wow that's really amazing so how do they do that how do they put people first? You, you mentioned their people first philosophy and you know, a lot of companies have that written on the wall, right? But I think what you're telling me is you're getting something different. Yeah. 
Uh, absolutely. You know, I, it, definitely it's one of um, our values and it shows in every way. And the way it shows up is the way there's communication, uh, not only tops down, but, but bottoms up, uh, transparency, uh, and sort of the ability to connect with people at a personal level. Uh, you know, and, I, you know, when I talk about uh, employees first, you know, they look at, they have a very big focus on making sure they have a very diverse workplace. And so there's a very conscious effort to sort of hire, promote, uh, and develop all uh, minority, especially women. And, you know, when, when they came to hire me, they were very upfront. You know, they said, look, you know, we don't have women in our senior leadership. You know, you're qualified and, you know, we would love, they basically said that was an important factor to them. So they're very open about it, right? So it's not something where uh, it is so you know they they talk about people first even you know customer meeting we lead with is you know it is um you know this is how our culture is you know we put people first a lot of companies say they put customers first you know we are very clear we we put our employees first fascinating that is uh I can't say that there's a lot of companies that actually their employees would agree that that's actually true. Okay. It's, it's written in a lot of reports, but I'm not sure employees would agree with it. So it's fabulous to have found a company that was like that. Did you have any qualms with a company saying, you know, we don't have enough women in the senior leadership team and we'd like to hire you. I mean, that must've set a few alarm bells off in your head, but obviously you, you got through that and, and hired on. So, um, what would you say to other women who might hear that from a company? You know, it's interesting you say that, you know, it actually didn't ring alarm bells. And the the reason why is, yes, I'm here in Silicon Valley. You know, I, you know, I live in Silicon Valley. I, my first uh, 15, 20 years have been in companies in Silicon Valley. But that's the reality here, too, if you think about it. You know, in my previous companies, there were very few, if if at all, any women in the senior leadership, right? And yes, you know, in the last few years, we've seen companies like Google and Facebook say, hey, we want to, you know, add more women. So that is the reality. And, you know, what's so interesting is here's, there's a company based out of Midwest, right? And it's based out of Midwest and it's a high tech company. And yet 33% of our workforce is women. You know, that kind of numbers, I would say most Silicon Valley companies can also um, not, you know, brag about. And in sales and marketing, it's more than 50%. So while it seems like, oh, there were no women in, in the sales and marketing team, I, I saw the whole data, the whole picture. And I was like, yeah, you know, these guys are really serious about, about you know, they've shown throughout the sort of progression from, you know, the bottommost layer to there. And they're just now looking to fill out the the sort of the senior leadership uh, team and that's when you know I came in and the interesting thing is uh, since they hired me they hired another of my uh, colleagues and now you know we have two women in the senior leadership team so I would say 25 percent of our senior leadership is is women which is really fantastic like you said I think most Silicon Valley companies at the higher levels are maybe 15 percent maybe yeah. <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> yes. So how has it been for you? 
It's been great. You know, I would say, you know, I think I, I get asked this question a lot. Um, and I would say that I have uh, had no unpleasant surprises, if you want to call it. Uh, I have everything which helped me, which I saw during the interview process. And uh, I made a decision on everything has um, basically, you know, materialized. You know, I, I really like the fact it's a very open culture. There is there's a lot of cooperation between groups, uh, very little politics, which is hard to say in, you know, an organization as sort of um, as big as us. So I, I am really, really enjoying uh, what I do. And it's really, really, it's very motivating, I should say. It is motivating to a point where you really feel like going above and beyond. Well, that's really amazing. I would think that a lot of people would want to get their employees to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, Namrata, as a leader, sometimes I know you had to hire people to finish filling out your team. You know, you don't always find the skills that you need in one person, right? It's like, this is not the ideal set. This is something less than my, my full stack of skills that I was looking for. How do you deal with that? now at Sage? This sort of goes into the people first philosophy of saying, you know, Sage really treats their employees like a long-term investment. It's not like, okay, we'll fire, hire this person. If it doesn't work out, you know, they're gone in three months. So, you know, when, when a person's hired and let's say they, you know, there are a couple areas they need to develop in, right? They, a lot of effort is put, you know, you know, either, by their manager coaching or peer coaching or also sometimes external coaching, right? So because if, if it's a skill they need to do the job and it needs to be developed, that will be developed. But, you know, sometimes things just don't work out. And in that case, you know, what I've seen, which is really blows my mind is we senior leaderships and the managers will get together and say, okay, you know, so-and-so is not working out in this group. Is there any other place in the company where the skill set can be used? Right. And that is, you know, I was sharing uh, this with my husband who works for Intel, which also has a good culture. And even he was like, yeah, I don't think we do that. And, you know, the ability that where we do, where we try to find something for this employee, not if not within Sage Glass, within the parent company of Sengaban. Right. You know, hey, you know, if that person wants to relocate somewhere, is there something they can do there? Um, so that's what we do. You know, we, we really we, we look at employees as a long term investment. That is really amazing that they would go to that kind of effort to, because people do get in the wrong jobs, you know, and, it, and you want them to try new things, right? But sometimes it doesn't work out. And when it doesn't, to have the company actually say, okay, let's find a place where you can really uh, contribute well and feel really good about it. And that, that so that's really awesome that they can do yeah. that. Namrata, what else would you like to tell us about Sage? Can you give us a couple of... I don't necessarily want to say policies, but, but things that they do that really keep their employees motivated to get to their goals and to, to exceed their goals. Absolutely. You know, I'm going to highlight a couple things uh, which they do. You know, one of them really is the way, like I kind of build on what I just said before, is the way our process of reviewing people, you know, I would say it's very robust. Uh, you know, we look at and it starts at the bottom level where, you know, first level managers, you know, assess their team. Um, you know, they, they rate their teams and, uh, you know, we identify succession plans, you know, saying, okay, 
can this person become a manager? Yes, if yes, you know, how many years, you know? So we, we literally see potential in, you know, we try and identify potential for every employee and then give them appropriate training. So if you see, okay, this person can become, can start leading a group in three years, you know, what is that training uh, plan look like, right? So that, I would say, that's one thing. The other thing I would say, some of our other policies, which is not necessarily just Sage Glass, but at the parent companies and Gabon level, is we, you know, we have policies like our our maternity leave policy, which is one of the best in the country, which allows not only for women but also for men to take time off for an extended period of time to be with their, you know, either newborn or or um, elderly parents. Um, so that's that's definitely another another uh, very good example of that. Um, you know, I think those are the couple examples that come to mind really quickly. Great. You know, in Silicon Valley, people work crazy hours, right? And it seems to be unrelentless. Weekends, holidays, you know, it doesn't matter. People are, you know, on their phones and working in the, in the middle of like a vacation, a family vacation. Do you see that kind of behavior at uh, Sage Class? No. And honestly, if, if that were the case, I don't think I would have lasted this company. And here's why. Um, my job as head of sales and field operations for North America and Asia Pacific requires me to travel a lot. And, uh, you know, I was traveling before COVID about 70%. That's and that pretty was, high. It is pretty, very <laughs> That's high. pretty high. <laughs> Absolutely. And that was, you know, to be honest, the best part of it was, it was because of my own choice, not because you know, let's say my CEO asked me to do it. You know, I did what was best for the, to get the job done. And I have amazing, great support at home. So I, I can make that work. So when I was traveling 70% and I always was back home for the weekend. And if I had to check email, you know, this wouldn't have worked because my kids would have hated me. Um, my, my husband probably would have left me, you know, um, but, but the fact that I don't have to be checking emails at a time where you know you're expected to spend time with the family uh, or you know get other stuff done is is great you know there's a clear distinction of work-life balance and it's interesting because all my previous years had been in Silicon Valley and I just didn't know any better right and when I tell my my friends and ex-colleagues about this they're like no you're, that's not true. And I, I tell them, no, it's great. And it's very liberating. It actually makes you a lot more efficient, you know, versus this whole thing about, oh, I have to check email if somebody, somebody sent me email over the, the weekend or something, you know. So are you saying you don't actually check your work email on the weekend, Amrata? Nope. I don't check my work uh, emails till like, I would say Sunday night, if at all, I would say, I would say most cases Monday morning. That is truly amazing, at least for Silicon Valley. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, you know, people people say, oh, yeah, you know, you have to. But I don't know. I don't think you have to. I think that this is, you know, it is, it is, you're building a, you want to build a company and a culture that lasts long, right? You don't want to burn out people uh, by going crazy. You know, maybe you have to do it once in a while, like, you know, if you have something, but that's, that should be an exception, not the norm. And they've actually been able to pull that off. Yep. They have been able to actually pull that off. 
That is truly amazing. That is truly amazing. I think a lot of our listeners are going to be very interested in this company. If if it's a place where you don't have to check your email continuously 24 hours a day. Yes. All right. That's really, that's, I, I'm, I'm just amazed at what this company has done. Are there any other things that you'd like to share? You know, I, I, one of the things, again, uh, you know, one thing that's kind of came in my mind in terms of, you know, uh, with respect to employees first, sort of the culture where, where you, where the, where the management believes in you more than you believe in yourself when you get started. And that's really uh, great, especially for somebody like me coming into the company. And uh, it just, you know, as I said, for me, it was something different for them is just normal behavior. And, and I think that's, I think starting off on the right foot and, you know, they, that, them making sure of that is, is really good because that's what helps get most employees motivated. And if you look at people have been there for, most people have spent several years, if not decades at uh, Sengabal. Wow. That's really amazing. And how did they communicate that they believed in you more than you even believed in yourself? Because I think that's a common issue with women is we, you know, it's like you want to do it and you're like, but can I really? And, and I think women have more of that little voice in their head that says, oh, maybe you're not qualified. Maybe you can't do it. All those imposter syndrome things. What are the things that they did to really boost you up and say, no, you can, we, you can do this? How, how did they do that? So, you know, going back to, I would say, you know, when they were, you know, trying to, uh, you know, when they were interviewing me or hiring me, the fact that they even approached me, you know, I was taken aback because I was told by my previous employer, I could not do, I would say not a similar role, but even a lesser role. I was not ready yet. Right. That was a message I was given my previous company. But here, when they approached me, my first thing, as you said, women, I was like, wow, why do they think I can do the job, right? And that was my first question to myself. And I think one of the things was, was Alan, you know, and Alan can talk about this, but, you know, he's been following my career and he was absolutely convinced that I can do my job. So and, Alan is the CEO of Sage, right? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So Alan, Alan's the CEO of Sage uh, and him and Chuck, you know, when they approached me, they were absolutely convinced I could do my job. And, you know, in, you know, I was at, I was talking to an executive coach at that point and she, you know, I asked her, I'm like, why do they think I can do this job? And she said, you know, if not you, who else? And that, that has become my model in my life. And, and I kind of stopped and I said, you're right. I am one of the best qualified people to do this job. So, but it took the belief of Alan and Chuck in me to for me to kind of realize you know and get there so sometimes you do need people to believe in you more than yourself especially when you are um, coming uh, you know when there's such an imbalance of men versus women you do need people to take that leap of faith and give you that opportunity and, and then you know you you know you basically do what you uh, you know I'm just doing what I'm good at you know so it's not like I'm doing something different but it it uh, it just needed somebody for me to uh, for them to believe in me, for me to just show to the world and to, to, to say to us that I can do this. Yeah. That's awesome. So they kind of make this space and then you can walk in and fill it. 
right? Absolutely. But it, it helps if they have made the space for you and say, no, this, <laughs> this is what we, this is what you can really soar at. So. Yeah. And, you know, they have, they have these conversations, you know, we as a senior leadership, you know, we're, you know, going back and you know, we're, we're very, uh, diversified team and you know it's not about one person having all the skill set as a team we 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 kind of uh, cover each other's blind spots and challenge each other i remember when alan was considering uh, my colleague caroline for this position of vp of quality she was just coming back from her maternity leave and you know he he asked me a question you know on whether you know when you've had a new baby whether you know she would be up for the role, you know, the challenges with a new baby and a VP role. And, you know, this is a very frank and open conversation between me and Alan, our CEO. Having been a woman who's come back after maternity leave every time into not the same role, a bigger role, I said, Alan, it's not whether or not, really, uh, whether or not um, she can do it. That's not for you to answer the question, right? Don't, don't, that's not the right question to ask. The question as a manager or CEO is like, can I create an environment when she's coming back to is, is worth it, right? It's, it's up to Caroline to decide whether she can do it or not. You know, don't, you don't decide or, or limit her. You create an environment where what she's coming back to is worth it. And that's the thing, you know, you know it's, it's that conversation when you have, and we all uh, educate each other on sort of, uh, you know, uh, what is it to be like a working mother? Or what what is it if you like to be a CEO? How how a decision that I think that's what makes a really good leadership, and that's why I think we need women on the leadership teams because you need that diverse thought process. And that's very true. And I really like this is twice I think this has come up that that we you need to create this space for people and then allow them to fill it as opposed yeah. to the as opposed to the other way around and ask whether or not they they can fill it but make it so inviting that they walk right in which i think is yeah. what they did for you right just, Absolutely. Just, because Absolutely. you were also working for a company headquartered in minneapolis from silicon valley yes which absolutely. has got to be not so easy right no, and absolutely, it's it is absolutely not that easy. But it's interesting that now that COVID has happened, it's taught us that we can work technically from anywhere in the world. I think you know I've had a couple of my close gold friends being hired into high positions in Fortune 500 companies while being remote completely. So I think what's happening is companies are realizing that they're not they're looking now for more diverse thoughts without being constrained by location or gender, you know? So I would say that I'm really excited about this. I think there is a lot of potential positive changes coming out of COVID, particularly with the work environment, because there are many things like you said that companies have said, oh no, we can't do that. Oh no, we can't do that. And then suddenly over the course of a week, we were all doing that, right? Yes. So so it's it's been eye-opening. So hopefully we'll hopefully we'll be able to keep some of those practices that make all of our lives easier and allow us to be more productive. Yep. Absolutely. Super awesome. Do you have anything Namrata that you want to add in closing? No, uh, I think, you know, I think we covered everything, but I, I guess the one thing I will say that is, you know, finding a place, a company which fits in with your values, you know, which really, 
uh, you know, wh whatever the values is, you know, if you're into innovation, go find, you know, find that place and be there. But, you know, I think in the long term, putting the companies that really went out in the long term are companies which put people first, the companies which are actively looking to have a diverse, you know, env uh, work environment, companies who are putting that effort in developing their employees, you know. So I think really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer. I would say early in my career, you know, these were, as you said, there were these things which are just written on plaques and companies' walls. But these actually do matter. A lot. I think they yeah. matter a lot, Namrata. And the only thing I wish is I wish that our readers could see this beautiful smile on Namrata's face. This is a totally happy woman, I have to tell you. All right, Namrata, thank you very much. I really appreciate you being and coming on the show. <clears throat> and we'll get this baby published soon. Yep. Great. Thank you, Karen. Awesome. You've just listened to the You Can't Fix What You Can't See podcast with host and author Karen Cornwell. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends and peers. If you know of a company doing amazing things to become more gender savvy, please drop us a line at the website, youcan'tfixwhatyoucan'tsee.com. We are on the lookout for success stories to share with our listeners so their companies can become gender savvy.